0: Uh, let's open up our Bibles to Hebrews chapter 12 verses 1, 2, and 3 1, 2, and 3 you know I I looked at the time when I got the mic and I said oh this is good I got plenty of time and I used up time with announcements but it's important to stay in the course is our theme today stay in the course Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1, 2, and 3 I'm going to invite you to stand I'm going to invite you to stand as we gather our thoughts and just open up our, our hearts to sense, our minds to discern, our ears to hear what the Lord wants to speak to us this morning. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1, 2, and 3. Our theme this morning is staying the course. The author of Hebrews writes and says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance, Perseverance, the race marked out for us. Let us run with perseverance. The race marked out for us. Fixing your eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before Him, He endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider Him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So that you would not grow weary and lose heart. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word this morning. We pray that it would land in our hearts, O oh Lord, that it would speak to us, uh, that it would be a word that we could apply, that we would wake up tomorrow morning saying, Lord, help me to stay the course. I pray, Father, that you would just minister to us in a special way. We pray in Jesus' name. And the church says, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Staying the course. Staying the course. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1, 2, and 3. So here the author of Hebrews is encouraging us to uh, remember that we have a race that is marked out for us. It is a course that God has set aside for us and he's encouraging us in these three verses to stay the course, to hang on, to complete the will of God for our lives. And it's interesting that Hebrews chapter 12 um, is following Hebrews chapter 11, and and it's interesting because I love Hebrews chapter 11 because it names all the heroes of our faith there, right, so we know that if you read Hebrews chapter 11, you're going to see that it mentions so many of our heroes of of the Old Testament there, right, and all they have done in there, you have some young, some older, you have some men, you have some women, you have Hebrew, you have Gentile, Uh, it's found all in Hebrews chapter 11, and and it's interesting, because there you'll see that they all had success in their walk, with God, although they were not perfect people, you'll see on that list, not perfect people. You will see people who had problems in their home, problems in their marriage. You will see that they battled with the flesh. You will see that they they, they were far, far from perfect, but yet they still made the list of heroes. I may say amen. amen. They were not perfect. But yet they still made it to Hebrews chapter 11. And history shows us that more heroes of the faith are being added to that list. How many know that 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 list is not finished yet? that God is still adding heroes of faith to the list. And if you look throughout the generation of the church, throughout the history of the church, you see that there are wonderful ministers of God, men and women of God who have done marvelous things for the gospel. And even today, there are still wonderful people who are doing wonderful things for the gospel. And I believe that God is calling you and me to, to, to also be heroes of the faith. And we're reminded that here the author tells us that Because we have a cloud of witnesses. In other words, if they were able to do it, then we can do it as well. And he's saying, we have a cloud of witnesses. We have people that we can look back at, imperfect people. People who have problems in their home. People who dealt with fleshly issues. And they still made it. They were still victorious. So that is proof for you and proof for me that we also can be victorious. I love here that the author of Hebrews uh, reminds us that there is a race marked out for us. So I've, I've, I've themed this sermon, the stay, stay the course. Uh, what does that mean for us to stay the course? What does that mean in our context for today? What does it mean? It, uh, if I could just put it in, in basic English terms, it would mean live the life that God has called you to live. Stay the course. Live the life that God has called you to live. Live a life of consecration and separation. To embrace the gifts that God has placed in your life and and, uh, to embrace uh, the things that God is doing in you and through you. I would say that staying the course means to put in order your life correctly. Put it in order correctly. God, family, church, ministry, right? Well, put those things in order correctly. When, When we don't have the right order in our lives, we're not staying the course. Staying the course, for me, would mean, in just basic English words, trusting God for the big things and trusting God for the little things as well. And I love here that in Hebrews, the author of Hebrews uses a runner that is running the race to illustrate this teaching. And he is saying, uh, if we want to be successful at the race that has been marked out for us, we're going to need a few things. He says, if we want to be successful, we're gonna need a few things. And I love that when we just read the scriptures, and I want to encourage you when you're reading the scriptures, you can take three or four verses, five verses, and you Hermeneutics tells us we can read them five times, and we begin to just it just begins to reveal to us the teachings. And if you look at these three verses, you're gonna see that he tells us, the author here, how. We can live out this race that has been marked out for us. How we can live out um, this, this race. That we can stay this course. So four things really quick that I want to share with you. On how you and I can stay the course. And the church says, first one. Throw off everything that hinders. It comes right from the scripture. Throw off everything that hinders. He says, uh, uh, the, um, the, 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 uh, the NLT version tells us uh, in these same words, let us strip off every weight that slows us down. Another version says, rid ourselves of the things that will hold us back. Throw off everything that hinders. Get rid of the weight that we don't need. It's what the original language there is saying. It's interesting here that just because it's not sin, uh, it doesn't mean that it's good for you. Here is not talking about sin. We're going to know that because he's going to talk about sin in the next uh, phrase. Here is talking about weight that is on you that is slowing you down. He says, "Throw off everything that it hinders." You see, the Bible says, and Paul writes this in 1 Corinthians chapter ten, verse twenty-three. Um, he says. You say, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. You say, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. You know, we're allowed to do much, but not everything is good for us, and not everything is beneficial. See, we we need to be careful. Just because it's not sin, that doesn't mean it won't take us off the course that God has for us. Uh, There are things in this world that, that are okay to do, for others, but they, not, they may not be okay to do for us. And when we wrap ourselves up in those things, it takes us off the course that God has for us. Perhaps it's places that we go, uh, and we need to stop going there because we have created unhealthy habits in our lives. Uh, maybe it has to do with relationships, people in our lives that we have, we have just spent time with, and we know that, that their influence over our lives usually take us to a, to a negative place, a bad place. And maybe those relationships are hindering the course that God has laid out for us. Maybe it's even particular jobs that we have or, or uh, people that we have influenced. Uh, maybe it's something that we even like watch on TV or things that we listen to, things that we give our time to, our thought to, our energy that, that uh, maybe for others it's, it's not bad, but we know that it takes us to a place that we shouldn't be. Not everything that may not be sin may be good. For us. A you know, way to illustrate this easy is, you know, it's not bad to work overtime on a Sunday. It's not bad. You need a little extra money. The boss offers you some overtime on a Sunday. It's, it's not bad. Uh, I, I remember my TA days. The kids were young. We had to work overtime. We, we did what we had to do, right, to, to, to make a little bit of extra money. But if we start working overtime every single Sunday, it will eventually take us to a place that we don't want to be. Brings us to an uh, insensitivity to what the Holy Spirit is doing in our lives. So although working OT is not a sin, but if we commit to it because we're trying to obtain the American dream, we're going to find our place, uh, we're going to find ourselves insensitive to what God is doing in our lives. So not everything in our lives that may not be sin may not be good for us. And we, we, we have to evaluate those things. There may be some things that, uh, that are okay for, for you, but they're not okay for me. Uh, I don't do well with those things. And there may be some things that are okay for me that, that may not be okay for you. And we have to use our discernment and let the Holy Spirit minister to our lives to help us keep in order God's will in our lives so that we can stay the course. And this is particularly true in gray areas, things that people say, well, that's a sin, that's not a sin. And and there's particular battles there. And you know what? Uh, It's just important to say, you know what? This is no good for me. Look what it's done to my life, my family, my thoughts, my actions. And we need to make a decision and recognize that that might not be the best thing for us. And when we give ourselves wholly to things that begin to consume our mind, our thoughts, our emotions, our actions. Uh, it begins to take away from what God wants to do with us, and we, 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 we lose the race that has been marked out for us. Staying the course is important, and it means evaluating our lives. And what are those extra things that we know they may not be sin, but they're just not good for us? I remember when I was young, I don't know, 17, 18, 19, I got this fever of playing pool, pool, right? Got this fever of it. It's just you know, I'm uh, in Spanish. We use this word fiebre You know, I I I have that sense sometimes. I get into something. And I'm like all into this, right? So I got my own cue stick, and now uh, you know, I'm walking in, and I found myself going there all the time. And you know, it got to the point where we used to play every Friday after church. We used to play during the week. We used to all the time. And I would be sitting at, at the um, at, at the pew, and I was thinking how I can hit the ball around the table to get into a certain pocket. <laughs> itself is not bad but it consumed my thought and because I'm so competitive in spirit that I want to win all the time and it wasn't good for me it wasn't good for me what is it in your life at times that you know it's not sin but this is not good for me you know maybe maybe it's social media maybe it's Netflix. Maybe it's something that we watch, we listen to. It's not sin, but it's consuming my thoughts and it's keeping me away from the, from, from the path, the race that has been marked out for me. Wilbur Chapman said this, the rule for my life is this. This is a great rule, guys. The rule for my life is this. Anything that dims my vision for Christ or takes away my taste for Bible study or cramps me in my prayer life, or makes Christian work difficult, is wrong for me. And I must, as a Christian, turn away from it. Isn't that great? So it's a moment for us to evaluate ourselves and say, what is it in my life that may not be sin, but it's just not good for me? We need to rid ourselves from those things if we want to stay the course. And the church says, number two, We're talking about staying the course. How can we stay the course? Throw off everything that hinders. Point two, throw off the sin that so easily entangles. So that's why we know the verse one is not sin because the the first part of verse one is not sin because the last part tells us throw off the sin that so easily entangles. And that word entangles is a great word in original language. It has to do with attacks on all sides. That's what that word entangles means. It has to do with attacking on all sides. It's something that trips you up. It's something that trips you up. Uh, In fact, one version says, especially the sin that so easily trips you up. The ESV says, the sin that clings so closely to you. The Holman Bible version says, the sin that ensnares you. Uh, The Greek word there means to surround you. Uh, So he's telling us, throw off the sin that so easily surrounds you. The sin that entangles you. When sin entangles us, it begins to affect every area of our life. That's why the original word there has to do with surround. Because when sin uh, attacks it, every area of our life. What's the goal of sin? What is the goal? To separate us from, from the will of God. To separate us from God. To remove us from the course that God has for us. To enslave us, to enslave us to this world, to to enslave us to depravity, to make a mockery of the gospel, to make a mockery of our family and a mockery of our lives. That is the goal of sin. Why would anyone want to embrace sin? When we understand the ultimate goal, the intention of sin is to enslave us. Uh, It is to attack every aspect of our lives and separate us from the race that has been marked out for us. Our goal should be what? Rid ourselves of all sin that so easily entangles. When we allow ourselves to to fall into sin, it affects affects us on how we, we, we deal with life. Sin affects us on how we deal with life. When we allow ourselves to, to fall into sin, sin, we lose compassion towards others. When, 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 when sin takes its place within us, we lose our, our compassion for others. When sin takes its place in us, we justify every bad decision. Uh, it is, you know, I mean, we're sin. You know, we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We, we justify uh, our sin. Well, I don't feel bad that I do that. When, when, when we allow sin to, 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 to take root in our lives, we look upon others differently. When we allow sin to, to take root in our lives, we look at others' weaknesses and not their strength. We look at their vulnerability and not their potential. Because sin has taken root in our lives. It it entangles us and removes us from the course that God has for us. Sin creeps into every area of our lives and it begins to affect our home. And it affects the way we, we talk to our spouses, we talk to our children. It affects the way we even say thank you for a meal and, and it affects it, it, it every aspect of our lives and it, we get to see it with our own eyes that sin is slowly creeping into our home and we see decay in our home. Because that's what sin does. It removes us from the, from the course that, that God has set aside for us. It affects our commitment to righteousness And we find it easy to lie. And we find it easy to cheat. And we find it easy to manipulate for gain. We find it easy to compromise all that is right and all that is just. Why? Because sin has taken root in our lives and has removed us from the race that has been marked out for us. It affects our good judgment. And we begin to make poor decisions. And ultimately the scripture says that sin will bring us to spiritual Death. So the author here is talking about a race marked out for you. And he's saying, hey, you have to rid yourself of the sin that so easily entangles you. Because when it gets in, this is what it will do. It will entangle every aspect of your life. And you don't see it from one moment to another. You see it after a little bit of time. And then you go back and say, my God, what have I done and now to rebuild again, to break every barrier that the enemy has begun to, to build and, and, and to come up against the darkness that has taken root in our, in our hearts and our lives. It is an uphill battle. All things uh, can be done with Christ in our lives. But when we, we give ourselves to these things, we can't expect to come to the altar and the next day it's all gone. Can't. It's progressive. It's progressive. But what we can say is, with Christ, your life will be better a year from now than it was today. So what must we do? We must, we must identify sin in our lives. We must. We, we must be transparent. I, 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 I honor those that have approached me in past times and say, hey, pastor, pray for me. I'm, I'm dealing with this. I'm struggling with that. I honor them. That's beautiful, that sensitivity of the Holy Spirit. That's a desire to live out the race that has been marked out for you. Uh, no, pride cannot take its place in those times because pride ultimately will destroy us. No, but to be humble and recognize, uh, you know, I, I'm in need. We see it in scripture. When, when uh, uh, God came to Isaiah, he said, I'm a man of unclean lips. Uh, yeah, I don't really, should not be a part of this. And God says, I'm going to do something in you like never before. Right. Even Peter approaches Jesus and says, apart from me, I'm uh, I'm undeserving of this. I'm a sinful man. And Jesus said, I'm going to make you into a fisher of men. Something happens to the man or the woman that says, I'm not worthy of this. Uh, We recognize that the one that can heal, forgive, and restore is Jesus himself. So we must repent. We must turn from it. We must recognize it. And then we must place barriers in our lives to help us not to fall back in those things. If we're dealing with some, some things and we, we find accountability partners, we find barriers, we put them in our lives to help us live the life that God has called us to live. We encourage ourselves into our spiritual disciplines of praying and reading the Word of God and gathering in church because we understand that God is calling us to rid ourselves of every sin that entangles and wants to creep into every aspect of our lives. And the church says. So we're talking about you know uh, staying the course. How do we stay the course? This race that has been marked out for us. The first one is throw off everything that hinders. Second one is the second one is uh, uh, throw off the sin that so easily entangles us. Number three, the author says, run with perseverance. The race marked out for you. I love it. He says, run with perseverance. He so said, let us run with endurance. The race marked out for us, the race that God has set before us. I think that at times this is the hardest point for the believer. It's longevity, it's consistency, it's commitment. Everybody has a good week. Everybody has a good two weeks. But God is calling his people to live a particular life. The word here, perseverance, is the word steadfastness. It is a consistent weighing and waiting on God for his perfect will. And we just live in this state of steadfastness. This is what we do. We persevere. We wait because we recognize that God has called us for this. And the biblical language for the Christian is what? Perseverance. It's the biblical language. God never says, I'm going to make it easy for you. He told Peter, oh, when, uh, Satan has asked to shred you as wheat, but I pray to the Father that your faith would not fail. In other words, he's saying, I'm not taking away the problems and the trials. I'm praying for you that you would persevere. It's the biblical language to persevere, to battle, to fight, to understand that this doesn't come easy to us. In fact, the language of scripture is, Paul writes, fight the uh, the good fight of the faith. (laughs) He's saying, uh, you're going to have to battle. James says, blessed is the man who remains steadfast on the trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life. Perseverance. Galatians, let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Let us not, uh, let us not grow weary. Perseverance. Hebrews 10, for you, uh, for you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what is promised. Paul tells Timothy, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Letting him know, it's about Perseverance. Perseverance through whatever you have to persevere through. Persevere. Why do we persevere? Because the race that has been marked out for us is worth it. It's worth it. God's will for our life is worth it. It is worth it to persevere. Your family deserves it that you persevere. Your children deserve it that you persevere. The peace that you find in the midst of perseverance alone is worth the perseverance. We persevere because we know that God's promises are found in the race that has been marked out for us. So we persevere understanding that that's where we find the promises that God has for us. And the church says, yes. we must Set our minds on not giving up, but we must set our minds on persevering. Stay the course. Be the people that make the declaration, I'm never going back to be the person I used to be. Be the people that make the declaration. No, I will live out the race that has been marked out for me. Come hell or high water, my commitment is to righteousness and to the will of God in my life. With fame or without fame, with money or without money, with popularity or without it, I am going to live the life that has been marked out for me. This is the will of the Lord. Today in age, we see so many people that even someone else can discourage them to the point that they give up on their faith. I've said this from this altar on a few occasions, and I'll say it again. We can never give anyone so much influence over our lives that they would discourage us from the race that God has marked out for us. Yes, yes. No, no. Uh, Listen, in this life that we live, whether you're a believer or not a believer, you're gonna run into people that are gonna discourage you, are gonna hurt you, are gonna betray you, are gonna speak bad about you. It's just the life that we live. This is a world of depravity where sin has taken its place, and hurt comes with it. We could never give anyone so much influence over our lives that they're going to uh, they're going to uh, influence us enough where we were gonna change. The race that has been marked out for us we can never give anyone that type of influence. In fact, I would even dare say, don't ever let them even change you. So you, you embrace somebody, you love them, you give all to them, and they hurt you. You know, you deal with the hurt, and then you love them, and you embrace somebody else, because I'm not going to let them change me. That's Perseverance. That's perseverance. They're not going to change who God has called us to be, and they're not going to change the race that has been marked out for us. This is who we are because this is who we are in Christ Jesus. So we run this race with perseverance, consistency, knowing that we're going to finish the race that God has called us. Perseverance means not to stop when you're feeling tired or out of energy. It means steady determination. Keep going. Uh, it means to know that God is with you and greater is He who's in you than He who's in the world. That you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. It's a reminder to you to keep going, not to stop, not to stop for hardships, not to stop for hard times. No, no, no one, no one can influence you enough to stop. No, you you understand you've been called to persevere. Uh, somebody will let you down, you persevere. Something won't go your way, you persevere. You won't get the job that you expected to get, that's okay, you persevere. Uh, You won't respond to certain things the way you thought that you were going to, and maybe you feel like I messed up, or I I would tell you get up again and continue to persevere. We're reminded of this. Why? Because God has put us on this road. And I feel like if God has put us on this road, it's the road for the greater good of our lives. So we persevere. Perhaps you're here today and you're battling with something. Could I encourage you not to give up? Could I encourage you not to throw in the towel? Not to say that I can't no more. But I want to change your language this morning and I want you to remember that you can, that you've been ordained for success, you've been ordained for victory, you've been ordained to have a victorious life in Christ Jesus, that with him you could have peace, you could have joy in high times and in low times and tough times. The race that has been marked out for you is the best race for your life. Can I encourage you this morning to say, I will not give up, I will persevere. So we're talking about staying the course, staying the course. And the the, the author here of Hebrews tells us how you can stay the course. First thing is get rid of things that are just no good for you. They may not be sin, but they're just not good for you. Two, get rid of sin that so easily entangles you. It just creeps in in every part of your life and it affects every part of who you are. Number three, to stay the course, you must persevere. You must stay on track. And the last one is fixing your eyes on Jesus Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Verse 2. I love that the NLT version says, the champion who initiates the perfect fi- the, uh, the the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. If we can uh, understand that, that Christ has called us and and our faith is in him, we always win. People get distracted easily when they take their eyes off Jesus when they take their eyes off what Christ has done in their life in the past, how he's liberated them, how he has forgiven them, how he has saved their home, how he has done a great work. When we take our eyes off him, off what he has done in our lives, and we start looking at other things that the world has to offer, we lose track of the race that has been marked out for us. Sometimes people begin to look at prosperity and the American dream, and they take their eyes off Jesus They begin to look at their circumstance or maybe their sickness and they take their eyes off Jesus. They begin to look at discouragement and they take their eyes off Christ. But I love that verse 3 says, consider him, talking about Jesus. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. I love that the author says, consider Jesus who suffered the cross so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. In other words, he suffered the cross so that you can always be successful. And he says, keep your eyes on him. Keep your eyes on Jesus. He is sovereign. He knows the past, present, and future. He knows what's best for you. He is sovereign. He has marked out this race for you. It may not all seem great right now, but I promise you that in his sovereignty, he has the greater good for your life before you, and he's marked out this race in his sovereignty. He knows what's best for you, so you keep your eyes on Jesus. You remember that he is all-powerful, That there's nothing that he cannot do. You remember that he is all faithful. That he will faithfully see you through the course. Remember that he's all forgiven. That he restores you in your low times and even in your failures. That he is a God that blesses. He's a God that will lead you. He's a God that will keep you. And our job is to say focus on him. And there we will have success in this race that has been marked out for us. We will have success. You will see that your strength comes from the reality that Jesus overcame on the cross, and for that reason, you also will be able to overcome. It's a reality for us that our focus on Christ gives us all that we need for life and for success. It doesn't mean that everything is going to go well for you. What it means is that through high times and low times, you have God's perfect will leading you. It means through the high times and low times, you will say what is right, you will endure through the hardships, you will find comfort in time of mourning, you will find healing in time of betrayal. It means that in the race that has been marked out for you that will bring trials, the faith that you have in Jesus will be enough to sustain you for the race that has been marked out for you. And at the end of it all, you will find your greater good. You will find God's perfect will for your life. And that's how we persevere. That's how we stay the course. And the church says, as I close with the help of the musicians. So I want to encourage you this morning, stay the course. Don't give up. You know, this encourages encourages me to know God has a course set out for me, for me and my wife, for our home, for our family. I, I want to live. I want to live that race that has been marked out for me. I want to live it if God in His sovereignty and His power in His omniscience that He knows all things in His goodness for us He's marked out this race I want to live that race so how, how, how can we do that? first thing is guard yourselves from things that may not be sin but they're consuming you and they're, they're, they're instrumental in leading you out of God's will evaluate and say you know what that's no good for me. I'm spending four or five hours in front of this TV. This is no good for me. I'm, I'm spending too much on this. It's no good for me. Uh, this, is, this relationship is draining me. Recognize it. It's not sin. It's just not good for me. And it's, 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 it's misleading me from this race that has been marked out for me. Recognize the sin that wants to easily entangle us. Remember? It just creeps in from all angles all sides it changes who we are the sin that so easily entangles us it trips us up i want to encourage you today rid yourself from that sin there's grace there's forgiveness and there's strength to overcome grace forgiveness and strength to overcome so you can i can we can you don't have to be beaten by that but you can beat it the bible says where sin abounds grace Bounds more you can run with perseverance don't be of those that shrink back but don't be of those that you know high and low high and low i always get worried about those that come in and they're like they want to be like the worldwide evangelist the next day you go up quick you're going down quick. persevere steadfast steadfast a little bit at a time a little bit you hold on battle through the hard times Enjoy the good times. Wait on the Lord for all seasons. Persevere. Persevere. Fight the good fight of the faith. God has set you on this path. You hold on. And through it all, you don't got to look at anything else, but you keep your eyes on Jesus. He is the author and perfecter of your faith. The author of Hebrews gave us these three verses to tell us, just do this and you can stay the course this race that has been marked out for you and the church says amen. amen I'm going to invite you to stand this morning hallelujah maybe you're here today and the Lord is speaking to you and he's saying stay the course there's a race that has been marked out for you and the sovereign God that knows all things he set this aside for you stay the course and maybe you're battling this morning and you feel like God is talking to me well today's a good day to make a prayer of faith that says I'm going to stay the course nothing and no one is going to discourage me and if you like prayer to help you apply that teaching to your life as we sing this next song the altar is open I'm going to invite you to come we want to pray with you uh, that you would stay the course and if you're here and you don't know Jesus or you you are Have backslidden, or you're far from God, and you're like, man, I'm not on the race that has been marked out for me. I'm living my own race, and I know it. My life is a mess right now because I'm doing it my way. I need to do it God's way. I want to tell you that today there's grace for you, there's forgiveness for you, there's restoration for you. He can put you right back on the right track. If that's you this morning, you say, you know what? I want a prayer of faith that gets me back on the right track, on the right race as we sing this next song. The altar is open, our pastors would would love to pray with you um, as we continue on the next thing that God has for us. And the church says, Amen. God bless you, God keep you. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this sermon. We pray it blesses and encourages your life.